right, Breaker One Nighter on the interwebs. Get your ears on for the fitness skills podcast from GMB, where we will teach you how to get strong by practicing skills you actually want to learn and have fun in the process. My name is Andy Fawcett. I am not only the founder of the GMB Posse, I'm also a client. And here with me is the mythic hero of the GMB Epic Saga, Ryan Hurst, our program director and head coach. What is going down in Chinatown, Ryan? What is up? It's a cold day in Japan, but it's probably cold in a lot of other places around the world. But that's okay. I got the stove on next to me, and my little dog, Bree, is sitting right in front of the stove, so she's getting warm, too. I'm ready to roll. Let's get on with this. I'm excited today. Awesome. All right, so today we're going to talk about a few things. We're going to answer a couple of questions about uh, ring work. And we're also going and uh, flexibility as well as uh, some very important topics to us like, you know, uh, progressing to your real goals to actually achieving some very big goals. And what happens if maybe, uh, you know, you can't make it all the way. Also, um, a a little bit about a a sort of mindset that I think is a little juvenile that seems to be kind of popular, but uh, maybe a more mature way to look at. Um, you know, setting goals and where you want to be in life. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that and also uh, some hints as to our next new program coming out in December. I believe that's Spanish, but don't quote me on that. Uh, But before that, let's talk a little bit about um, what you've been up to the past few days in your email. Oh, yeah. Sent out, uh, you know, an email asking for comments and some feedback i just want to say thank you for everybody uh sending those in amber and i are answering those emails so we've got you know i don't know how many a couple hundred uh emails so it's going to take a little time for us to go through all those emails but we'll get back to you some great feedback um looking forward to using that feedback so it's not that we're just going to say hey thanks for sending us an email we do read those and we do take your feedback and look at how we can um, not necessarily change a lot of stuff, but how we can make things better for all of you. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's definitely not like uh, somebody says, hey, GMB, um, uh, your program isn't any good. And we said, oh, well, damn, we'll scrap it and start over. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nothing like yeah. that. I, but the feedback has actually been really good. Um, you know, a couple of yeah. things that were maybe, you know, we weren't as clear about as we could have been. Uh, sure. Some details about actual, you know, product delivery um, that we can probably use to make things easier to actually download and and that kind of thing, and uh, just a lot of really good stuff that uh, that we can add or uh, augment or improve in some way, and so that's really, really, really helpful. And uh, we actually had a big long meeting about that a couple days ago about how we're going to do that and plan on implementing it. Uh, and getting updates out uh, rolling pretty fast at the beginning of the year. Yeah, it's going to be quick, but I think that's good. And it's really really great having this feedback and especially all the positive feedback that we get, you know, you know, suggestions on on what we can do to help make our stuff. Yeah. Better. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's really gratifying to get the program, to get the feedback that says you guys are the best. Don't change anything. It's awesome. Yeah. That's really gratifying to our egos and everything. But it's also really good to get the feedback that's also like. Hey, you know, I thought this part was a little confusing or, you know, I got to this move and I felt like I had a hard time progressing, you know, so that lets us know also things that we can, 
you know, make better and make smoother uh, and make more accessible to everyone as well. So we, we definitely take the good and the bad. Uh, and uh, that's been very, very instructive. Yeah, some some comment there was what was that one comment we had about me not being very exciting um, when I'm teaching things like that. And you know? it's, it's true. Yeah. You you are not very exciting when you teach. Uh, yeah. But also in yeah. your defense, I'll say that I I'm not really sure that your your job as a teacher is really to excite. Um, we're a little different sure. from P90X or. Uh, yeah. Or Jane Fonda, uh, we actually don't really. We're not trying to motivate you while we teach you. Um, we hope you're motivated to to you know improve your your skills as it is. We're not trying to pump you up or light a fire under you. Uh, we're not cheering, but we we just want to show you the correct way to do the stuff and then get out of your way and let you practice it. Yeah, and that's a big point. You know, these the videos that we're putting out there are instructionals. And, you know, if you want to come to one of my classes and and work with me, oh, yeah, you're going to see a different Ryan. Um, you know, I get excited about teaching people and classes like that. But again, it's we're not out there saying, yeah, come on, let's do it. One more kind of thing. Yeah. It's it's not what we're doing. We want to get in there, give you the information and let you do it. Yeah, exactly. We we don't think that you should have to get hooked into a thing where every time you work out, you need to put on the video and, yeah. and have some guy whispering, crush it in your ear constantly. <laughs> like, I don't think that's really helpful or beneficial. Oh, no, yeah, I couldn't do that. I, yeah. yeah, I just, I can't do that. It's not that I can't do it, but what I'm saying is when I work out, if somebody's screaming in my ear or something like that, it just doesn't work for me. Um, if you need that, you know what? Watch our stuff and then make a little tape for yourself of someone saying that you can do it one more rep or crush just it. find somebody to work out with you there you go yeah all right cool um so with that said let's talk a little bit about uh stuff that's been going on um i want to mention uh anthony michael is a, a friend of ours really cool guy um and uh, he, on his site, will actually link to it um, on the blog post for this podcast. Recently, uh, in the past few days, actually, just interviewed a guy named Kelly Baggett. And if you don't know who Kelly is, he's uh, actually probably the first, the first fitness program I ever purchased years and years ago. Yeah, it was Kelly's uh, Vertical Jump Bible. And it's really, yeah, really good. Right there. Yeah. Really, really good. Uh, Kelly's got an amazing vertical leap. And also, he made a really good program about it. Um, you know, a lot of programs back then were very, very cookie cutter. And uh, his actually included, um, uh, pioneering for its time, uh, a self-diagnostic. In the beginning, you were supposed to do a few things, measure, and then determine, based on that, what sort of program you needed to follow. Uh, and he's actually just updated uh, the Vertical Jump Bible, I think, and uh, Anthony interviewed him about it. And it's really interesting, and you should check it out. Um, and I... I'm actually I have not yet, but I will be buying the version two of Vertical Jump Bible just because uh, Kelly's work was a really big influence on me, and uh, I'm sure that I'm going to learn new stuff from it. Yeah, that's some cool stuff right there. He, uh, yeah, what is it? Two point I think is what they're calling it. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, yeah, <laughs> I didn't even know about it until uh, Andy told me. Was it just this morning? I was like, yeah. So yeah. something to look out. 
cool. Um, so also a couple days ago, we posted on the blog a post by your good friend. Oh, buddy, thanks. I, yeah. I hate saying that because uh, you know there's so many. Uh, it's it's become kind of a. a a joke, uh, you know, a lot of fitness uh, people and newsletters and you get spammed in emails and every day it's like, here's a article by my good buddy, insert name of person <laughs> I've never met in, in face to face or uh, my pal, somebody you've never heard of has a brand new product and it's on sale just for you. It's not just for you. I hate to burst your bubble, but it's. <laughs> They're they're getting a commission on this, but actually Nate is a good friend of yours, and you have yeah, a very good a, friend in yeah. common who introduced you guys. Yeah, so it, it's funny because Nate and I actually, um, wow, yeah, it's just through a mutual friend, and and you know, just for some reason, finally, we decided, yeah, maybe you know, maybe if if you use my diet, you'll have some better results. Kind of thing. <laughs> We've been friends for a while, and and uh, earlier this year. Nate actually uh, had me start off on a diet that that he that he suggests to people. But the funny thing is, is actually he's writing a book and it's called I Feast. And I went through the first rough draft of that book. So uh, it was really neat to see the process that went behind the creation of that. And then also uh, he was testing some stuff out of me, which was really cool. He did a, a post for us, yeah, just a couple of days ago. It's called the Five Holiday Feasting Tips Diet Advice that actually works. It's really interesting, and it might kind of blow your mind because it's very different than a lot of the advice that's out there. A lot yeah. of different than most of the advice that's out there. Nate's interesting guy, and um, he's not ripped at all. Of no, course. no, uh -huh. Nate is not ripped at all. <laughs> I, like, to quote Amber, swoon. Um. <laughs> yeah, Amber and Rachel, I tell you, I can't talk about Nate, um, you know, because they're all, oh, Nate. Or yeah. my other buddy, Mike Fitch. Yeah, another guy um, we can't mention around Amber. <laughs> oh, boy, got to be careful there. But, yeah, definitely check out what Nate's uh, got to say because it's helped me. I'm still – this is – I'm still on this diet, and I say diet. It's more just like the new eating you know, way plan. Eat. I don't even want to say diet because I love it. I really love it, and every day this is how I eat now. And I, wow, I can't say enough good stuff about this. Uh, yeah. Check it out. And I also just want to say, don't let the five holiday eating tips part of the title turn you off. I know it's this time of year, folks, and I apologize on behalf of the world that people get really caught up in holiday mania and everything has to be about the holidays. It's just a really stressful time. And, uh, you know, but so we're so used to like about this time of year, there's about a thousand newspaper articles. There's a 2020 special. It's on 60 minutes about how to eat over the holidays. And you know what? It's all the same advice every year. And it's usually bad. And it's stuff like, um, Fill up on green vegetables before you hit the pumpkin pie. That's yeah. the dumbest advice of all time. Yeah. I mean, it's not really bad, but dude, I want to eat the damn pumpkin pie. Yeah, exactly. That's leafy vegetables yeah. are around three sixty-five, but I don't get pumpkin pie but once a year. Yeah, yeah. Am I gonna yeah. like try to cut back on my pumpkin pie ration for the year? No. Yeah. And so Nate doesn't doesn't make you do anything. Like I'm not going to say, but counterintuitive like that. He's not telling you to do anything that's like 
all that difficult, really. Uh, so definitely check that out is, is the message of this. Don't, don't be turned off by the holiday aspect. It's not your typical holiday eating guide. Yeah. Basically, he's going to tell you how you can just chow down. Basically, eat and actually enjoy your holidays without feeling guilty, which is a horrible thing anyway. But that's yeah. another topic. So. Absolutely. Cool. All right. And uh, so, yeah. And speaking of that other uh, that other guy we can't mention around Amber, Mike, you guys have been <laughs> talking lately. Yeah, Mike and I. Um, yeah, he's a good guy. We've been talking about some stuff uh, that we'll probably be doing together. Um Mike's got, just to let you know, Mike, he's got a hand-balancing DVD coming out that's going to be pretty cool. So that's something else to be on the lookout yeah, that's for. That's going to be at the beginning uh, of the year, right? Say it one more time. Is that going to be at the beginning of the year? Well, actually, it's coming out, I think it's coming out pretty soon. It's oh, wow. probably coming out in December, I believe. Um, I don't want to say too much because I... Yeah, I don't make a mistake yeah. and uh, tell you the wrong date. Well, but I do know he's got some contests going on, which are really cool. Um, check him out on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, he's got some hand balancing contest kind of thing going on. It's, it's pretty cool. And, um, yeah, also be on the lookout. He's going to be doing some stuff along with GMB here pretty soon. So that'll be exciting. Very cool. All right. Well, with that said, let's get into the Q&A, Ryan. All right. You got your thinking cap on? I got it. You ready My to A some Q's? Uh, okay. Aluminum foil, or depending on where you are, aluminium. <laughs> All right, let's A some cues here. Um, right. So here's one that came in through the emails. Uh, I worked with Rings One and finally got more than a single muscle up. Building a foundation made all the difference, but now I'm wondering what to do next. R1 was tough. And I'm relatively certain that I'll never get an iron cross, no matter how long I work out for it. Should I try rings two? And what options do I have to move forward? All right. Well, first of all, congrats on getting the well, more than a single muscle up. That's pretty cool, man. Um, you know, there's a lot of options. And it, everything, though, comes down to what do you want to do? That's it, really. You know, um, maybe you don't think you'll get an iron cross, but you know, you might want to try it and then you might find that, yeah, it's kind of something cool and I want to get it. But again, it comes down to your goals. You have all the options in the world. You can go ahead and you can do R2. Go ahead and go with R2, but you can just focus on the movements that you want to get. There's a lot of other movements in R2. You've got forward rolls, uh, backward rolls. You've got the front lever, back lever, a lot of fun movements in there. Just because um, a particular movement is in there doesn't mean that you have to really work on it. I know that might sound strange and, you know. Yeah. And also it should be said that, you know, working towards the Iron Cross, even if you never get an Iron Cross, will make you stronger. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I was actually reading, I think maybe about two or three days ago, um, some very old forum posts on another forum regarding training for the iron cross and i just i don't even know why it's not that i'm you know looking how to do an iron cross because i already know how but anyway um came across it was very interesting because in that thread it just basically showed um people using the very beginning stages of the iron cross the strengthening portions of that in order to help them with other movements so just like what andy said you know maybe you won't be able to do a full iron cross but Using some of the beginning and the first progressions of the Iron Cross are going to help you with some of your other movements and your goal in the in the um, 
in the long run, possibly. So what are your options? Yeah, you try R2. I think that'd be great if you could already get a couple of muscle-ups. And uh, even though R1 was tough, you're going to probably have fun with R2. Some other options are just looking at specific skills um, that you want to work on. Going back and looking at R1 and saying, okay, I've got the muscle up now. Maybe I want to focus on the L-sit to the tucked shoulder stand or something like that. And so then you can start working on putting the muscle up and the L-sit to the tucked shoulder stand together into sort of a mini flow kind of thing. So a lot of options. Again, it just all comes down to what's your goal. Very cool. All right, so let's move on. This is a question actually about focus flexibility. Um, and uh, obviously that's that's Jarlo's baby, but I think that that you and I could speak somewhat intelligently about flexibility. Yeah. Uh, you you are much more flexible than I am and much more flexible than most people. Uh, <laughs> so uh, you probably know a thing or two about it. But So here's the question. So I got FF, but you don't even talk about dynamic stretching. Everybody knows that passive stretching is bad and that dynamic flexibility is important. So why don't you talk about uh, dynamic flexibility? Why don't you cover dynamic stretching? Um, you know, how did you guys choose your method and will it work for my goals? There's actually like five questions there. So, uh, you know, take your time on that. Yeah. (laughs) First of all, we need to address the fact that, uh, how did we choose these methods or, or should I say, how did Jarlo choose these methods? Yeah. Well, first of all, we got to say Jarlo, uh, physical therapist, but you know, not just your standard physical therapist, the dude's got degrees and I'm not just trying to throw that out there, but, uh, master physical therapist, uh, certified board of orthopedic, I, I, these are big words. I, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I just I don't know what the certs are called. But he's got several certifications, many years specializing in neck and back stuff. And you know what? He's 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 healed yes. hundreds of people hands yeah, that, on. Yeah, and he. It's not just that he's got some degree. I mean, the yeah. guy is in the office every day, and I say office in the clinic every yeah. day, working on people and helping them, and um, he knows his stuff. And so when you watch Focus Flexibility, it's not just some Some dude's opinion. Yeah, just his opinion. Like he's he might be kind of Gumby looking and might be able to stretch. But it's not just him going out there saying, look, I can do the pancake or I can do the front splits. Here's how you do it. He's he's uh, taken his research and what he does every day, his hands on experience and use what he feels is the best approach for getting us closer to the flexibility that we need. And dynamic flexibility is good. We're not saying that you don't need it. Um, It's it's just that the approach and the way that Jarlo used in order to explain focused flexibility, this is how he gets results with his clients, and he knows it works. And so this was a method of sharing this with everyone out there. Uh, Earlier, we were talking to Andy. I I was trying to remember how you... you, uh, yeah. So, well, the thing is, I, yeah. I've been involved with martial arts for a long time, and also flexibility is really important to me. And I have purchased pretty much every flexibility product on the market in my in my own journey before I even met Jarlo. Uh, like, you know, s- stretching scientifically, uh, elastic steel, very yeah. you know, various things. And I've I've gone through all of them, and none of them are bad. Uh, you know, none of them are really wrong at all. Uh, they all have a lot to teach. Um, but 
also what happens is these things go out there and become kind of like common knowledge and it becomes kind of dumbed down and simplified into bro science, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we get this this rote line like, dude, uh, <laughs> you should just do dynamic stretching because passive stretches are bad. Well, it's not that passive stretches are bad. It's that there was this one study with 20 college freshmen in which passive stretching resulted in uh, increased injury when they did it wrong. That's honestly what it was. 20 college freshmen used passive stretching incorrectly and had injuries. Well, yeah, go figure. Uh, (laughs) Passive flexibility is, is not bad at all. Hypermobility, if you can stretch too far, yes, that's bad. But most people uh, with tight hamstrings, hypermobility is the last thing you ever, ever got to worry about. You know, Mm. Um, it's also well known that your dynamic flexibility is always going to be slightly more than your static flexibility because it's transient. So. If you work on your static positions and if you increase your flexibility and your range of motion in static positions, QED, welcome to the club, you now automatically have greater dynamic flexibility as well. You don't necessarily have to do hundreds of leg swings. Uh, No, those won't hurt, but you you can build your dynamic flexibility by building your static positional flexibility as well. So, yes, focus flexibility is a little different from most stretching programs. It's not like here's how you do splits. It's here's how you find the specific parts of your body that are too tight and correct that. Yeah, that's that's exactly right. Yeah. And and something in focus flexibility that Jarla covers is, is pulsing. And I know it's not dynamic flexibility or something like that, but it's active, you know, though. Yeah, it's active, and that's 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 in there too. So, you know, I've Jarlo is my coach when it comes to flexibility, and yes. he's all over me. He's always giving me crap about, dude, you need to stretch, you know, and and, yeah. and I do. Um, you know, I'm more flexible than a lot of people out there, but I'm also very inflexible in certain places in my body, especially in my shoulders, and so. He's the guy that I go to when I need to become more flexible. So, you know, for what it's worth, he knows his stuff. Yeah. And if you are having trouble with your flexibility, check it out. This is something that's really going to be helpful. And just like Andy said, working on your on your passive flexibility is going to help when you're going back into your dynamic flexibility. Yeah, and I also just want to say, if you do have FF and you have any trouble at all implementing it, get in touch. Man, that is what we are here for. Let us know. Uh, You know, I can't emphasize this enough. Uh, Sometimes, I mean, it's not as often as you would probably expect, but occasionally we get an email like, oh, I just... You know, I I just never really got to the point where I could do whatever or I never I I never figured out X. I'm like, why didn't you say anything? You know, uh, we are here. This is our full time job. You and Amber and I, it's Jarlo's full time job is, is, you know, his uh, physical therapy. Um, But, you know, for three of us, this is our full time job is uh, helping people and answering questions and stuff. Send us a damn email, people. Ask a question. We Mm. will help you. That's what we do every damn day, you know? Yeah. 
So anyway, That's, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you said that because it's true. You know, I, if, if you ever have a question, let us know. We yeah. want to help. Yeah, that's what we're here for. All right. So moving on, let's let's talk a little bit about um, well, let's talk about goals. Let's talk about yeah. why people sometimes don't reach them despite having very clear and proven instructions for reaching them and what happens when they don't. So I think it's, it's actually kind of a big topic, but I think that uh, that it's something that's really important to think about. You know, we all have goals, and it's great. You know, you see, uh, you know, we had the Olympics this year, and so there's unprecedented numbers of people are like, wow, uh, that dude from Bulgaria on his sixth Olympics um, <laughs> is amazing, and I want to be able to do a Maltese. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it has to be said, most people, I'm sorry – no matter how hard they practice, we'll never do a Maltese. Yeah, it's not going to happen, unfortunately. And it so where does that mean? Train for it. But. Yeah. So, so what do you what do you what do you think, Ryan? Let's talk about kind of the roots of this. Why are some people like Yotchev, uh so gifted athletically? Is it really a gift, or is it something we can develop? And what can the rest of us do that aren't like him? That we're not we're not put in gymnasium in the Eastern Bloc from an early age like yeah. him, you know, like what can we do? Yeah. And, and, you know, this is, it's not necessarily so tricky. I mean, there's some other factors, of course, you know, hereditary kind of thing comes in, but it's not that big of a deal. I mean, if you go in there and from a young age, put in the, you know, hours that they put in there and you constantly practice and work on it. Yeah. You can get there, but there's one other thing, and that's, I think, a big thing, and that's a desire. And so if you, if you do something and you don't really focus on what you're doing, if you don't have that mindfulness of what you're doing, it's really not going to happen. So, for yeah. example, you can have the ABC. Okay, start with A, and once you get A, you're going to go to B. Once you get B, you go to C. You can have that programming, but... If you're not conscious of what's going on in your in your workouts and focusing on what you need in order to get there, it's never going to happen. But I do need to say, and this is something that we can go, of course, I think we can go um, into more detail, get into more detail with this. You know, you might never get the Iron Cross and you might never get x movement but the thing is is it's not necessarily just getting that movement in fact i don't even think it's really getting that movement because if you focus on the process if yes. you focus on what's going on right now what are you doing it's not about focusing on okay i want to do a backflip no 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 it's focusing on what needs to happen in order for you to get that backflip then it's not a matter of getting the backflip but focusing on your workout today and then realizing, oh, wait a minute, I'm getting better because I'm focusing on what I'm doing right now. So really then the goal isn't necessarily that backflip, but I'm just focusing on what you're doing right now. Things actually become easier, I think, when you focus on that. Uh, let me give you just an example. Um, we've got F2 coming out um, next month. And when I first started training for F2, even before I started training for F2, there's skills in there that I've never done before. I'm going to be honest. And this is something I'll talk about later when we get into the F2, um, the um, the videos that'll be, yeah. that'll be 
the next couple of weeks. But there's a couple of skills in there that I wanted to do. That I mean, they had to be in F two. Well, I couldn't do them. But what and I did actually, was a- I should butt in here. Like you actually said a couple of times. Actually, Andy, I think we might just need to film you doing that for yes. like two or three things because yeah. I have more of a background uh, in in tumbling, not gymnastics, yeah. but in just tumbling. You know, and this is something. Yeah, again, we'll cover. I'm not a tumbler. When I went through gymnastics, my thing was pommel horse. I was pretty damn good at pommel horse. Loads okay? of practical application for pommel horse in the real yeah. world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. But, you know, I mean, I could tumble, but it wasn't like, you know, Andy. And I wasn't comfortable in what I was doing. So of all the stuff that we're doing here in GMB, the floor skills are the things that make me nervous, really nervous. But, you know, I, I sat down and I said, okay, this is what I want. This is what it has to be. And so I broke things down and I just looked at what I had to accomplish that day. I was mindful in what I was doing every single day and making sure that I focused on just that. And then what do you know? I got all the skills that I wanted and now I feel so much more comfortable in in not just doing the skills, but in wanting to go further with that. Now, again, Whatever you're doing, you might not get the iron cross if you're going for it. You might not be able to do, um, you know, a single in, a single in, full out, or something like that. Okay, a full twisting backflip or something like that. That's, That's damn hard. Okay, but the process will get you closer, and then you'll be learning more about your body. You'll be gaining actual confidence because you're getting better, and you're probably going to have a hell of a lot of fun doing it. So. You know, what we're talking about here, it all goes back to this mindfulness. It's not just ABC, okay? Just do this and you'll get it. No. And sometimes, unfortunately, you see programs out there and it says, this is all you need to do in order to get the back flip. It doesn't, sometimes and a lot of times, it doesn't take into consideration what actually needs to happen internally for you to get the back flip. And we're not just talking about fear here. It's not it's not Yeah, this just, isn't an inner game talk when we talk about internal. We're talking, you know, you've got to have that desire, but you've also got to wake up and when you go into your workout say, "Okay, this is this is my goal for today. This is what I need to accomplish." Something I know I'm getting long long and winded on this, but I think this is very important. It's good. Uh, there's a guy on the forum and God, I don't even remember if it, I think it was one of our private coaching clients. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It was, you know, I didn't have a good workout today. And I asked him, I said, well, why is that? He says, well, I didn't accomplish everything that I set out to do. Well, my reply, cookies are done. My My reply was, in my workouts, I don't look at having to accomplish everything that day. I go into my, this is personally, this is my workouts. Every day when I work out, I only have one goal in mind. And what I mean is that I have one major movement that I want to accomplish for that day. Doesn't mean that I'm not doing other movements. And it doesn't mean that I half-ass the other movements. It's just that my main goal for that day is X movement. So I make sure that I spend the majority of my time on getting that movement then the other movements of course i'll be doing those and everything but if i don't necessarily get those movements it's fine 
And the reason why is because I've accomplished X, my goal for that day. So I think a lot of us go out there and when we do our workouts thinking, okay, I've got to nail um, this, 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 this in one workout. I don't really think that we should be thinking that way. I think that it's sort of like trying to do – it's multitasking in a, in a way. And when you try and multitask your program, then I think things get so cloudy that you miss the purpose of actually doing your workouts. And that is going into your workouts, performing your workout, and then feeling good about what you've done. But also remembering to be mindful about it so that you're always progressing. And so when you focus on just that one thing for that day, again, you have other things you're doing. But when you focus on that one thing for that day and you go in there and you get better, whether it be jumping just a little bit higher, maybe going a little bit deeper into your front splits, maybe uh, doing your cartwheel better, that is getting you closer to the goal down the line. And so that way, and if you do that, you'll never have a bad practice. So I hope that is kind of clear what I'm getting at, but it's that mindfulness in our practice that's going to help us get better at whatever we want to do. Exactly. And this is a topic that, you know, we could go so, so deeply into this. There's actually been books written about it. Uh, Mindfulness is a huge thing. And especially when we're talking about physical exercise, mindfulness also takes on another significance when we talk about the mind-muscle connection and uh, how that affects our physical performance, our agility, coordination, balance, and all of this stuff. And I I don't really have a great metaphor for this, but I I always like to talk about when you perform a movement that you feel it from the inside, that you feel the sensation of performing that movement correctly. And this is something I learned from martial arts. Like, you know, I can do a billion punches in front of the mirror and Uh look at how it looks But until I can just close my eyes and even without moving, but imagine the sensation of performing the perfect punch, I'll never master the punch. When I was uh, in gymnastics, uh, I had a great, great coach. I've talked about him many, many times. His name is Mark Folger. He was very big into imaging. And so what we would do is uh, we would go to our gymnastic meets and before competition – He would have us all lie down, we had to close our eyes, and we had to perform the most perfect routine in our heads. Yeah. And he and that's what we would do. And the thing is, we had done all the training up in it. We you know, we knew what we needed to do. Our bodies had been through the movements. We've done the movements thousands and thousands of times. Then it was just a matter of in our head making sure that we were going through the movements and doing them perfectly. Thing is, it wasn't just our head. Our body was feeling that as well and going through the workouts. And so when you go into your workout, this is all I can say is when you go to your workout, just don't blow through your workout. Really focus on what you're doing. That's the purpose. You could just be doing bear walks. You could just be doing crab walks. Just focusing on your chin-ups. Feel understand be aware of what's going on and it's going to make you better yeah and it's it's actually uh you know they call that visualization yeah and i think that's a horrible misnomer because you're not you're not focusing on what the movement looks like when you when you do visualization training of movements you're actually you're trying to feel the sensation imaginarily yeah. Yeah. of doing it <laughs> yeah 
And, uh, you know, that's something like, I know you and I, since we've done martial arts and stuff, like, if you, so you're, you were big into judo. If you watch a judo tournament, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm just, I, we've never talked about this before, but I 100% guarantee that if you watch a judo match, when you see somebody go into like Osotonage or something, you imagine um, your own shoulder driving up into that guy and tossing yep. him over, right? Yes, and that's you can't I mean, help it. Yeah, here's another one for you. Okay, this is gonna sound funny, but I cookies are done. Um, if you us guys out there, okay, imagine watching a movie and somebody getting kicked in the nuts. Yes, okay? <laughs> you cringe. You cringe. And all guys do this. Why? Because we know what it feels like. We've been through it, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay? Can you do the same thing with your training? Yes. That's what we're going at. That's what we're going for. And so, again, it's that mindfulness. Yeah. Being present and aware in your workouts and feeling the movement. Yes. We're getting all feely here. Master oh. the feeling of doing a dip. Master what it feels like to do a handstand. Master what it feels like to do a perfect push-up. Yes, yes. And every That's- time you do it, measure it against that feeling. Yes. I like that. I like where we're going with this. Damn, we're good. Good. You know, Ryan, I think that you and I, we should probably start a company and teach people how to do this stuff. You know what? And I bet I, I bet we can come up with a name for it. We'll have to ask Jarla what name is good for this. But, Jarla's you know. good at naming things. He is. But we All have right. to be in the car listening to country. So Yeah, cool. Um, so <laughs> one more thing along these lines. You know, we talked about, like, you know, big goals like the Iron Cross or whatever. And I also just want to say, like, one thing that really, really gets me is – when people have this attitude, like they, you have to be number one or nothing, yeah. um, and it's like uh, it's actually become like a, a meme now. What, what's the name of the the girl, the gymnast girl who like got like third place and had the the not imp- the disappointed face? Like I don't know, I don't even know her name. Uh, her name is um, Michaela Maroney. Is something like that? Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Can't really. I'm sorry. I can't really remember. But yeah, Makayla or something like that. You know what? Second place. Second place does not suck. It does not. (laughs) Second place is better than almost everybody. You know what? When you're second place, you know who's better than you? One freaking person. What's wrong with second place? You know, my and I don't mean to interrupt you, but I remember when I was when I was growing up, I wasn't the biggest or the best. And but our coach, you know, Mark, and then also my uncle used to say this quite a bit. He says, no matter how big of a badass you think you are, there's always someone bigger and better than you. Yep. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't strive to be your best. You just need to understand that there's guys who are going to be better out there, uh, better, uh, better performers or whatnot out there. But still go out there. And aim for being your best, uh, but just what you're saying, it though. You know, it's it's not that number two is bad. I mean, shit. I would. Pardon me. Can I say that on here? You, you can uh, say whatever you want. Number two ain't that bad, and um, yeah, whatever works. Yeah, man. I'll actually, and just you know, my personal experience growing up too. I was always a little a small kid, um, and so I did martial arts from a young age. And you know what? I was not the best. I wasn't even second best. I was third best. 
I, I was every tournament. I was third best. And you know what? Growing up, I stayed third best because it was mm. the same. It was the same like uh, five guys that I always trained with, <laughs> and the guy, the two guys that were better than me, stayed better than me for twenty five years. I was third best in my martial art for twenty five years. You know what? That's all right, man. <laughs> I taught a lot of people, and I, I. I think that I accomplished a lot. I was third best for 25 years. Nothing wrong with being third best. And so what I mean to say by this is it's, it's not about tournaments and stuff. But, you know, when you're practicing and when you're training, it's totally natural to set goals and have expectations. And it's great to want to be the best. But you know what? Nobody can be the best at too many different things. And you have to make choices in life, and you have to choose what you're going to be the best at and what you're going to be the second best at and what you're going to be the 50th best at and what you're going to be the dead last at. Yeah. You know? And it's okay to be dead last at some things. It's totally okay. It's totally okay to be 10th or 30th or 5th or 9 and a half-ith, which is a real <laughs> word. Um, you, you just have to prioritize. And you know what? If you're second, there ain't no shame in that. You're better than a whole bunch of people. So set your goals, yes, and work towards them, yes. But if you don't become the best, don't get discouraged. And by all means, if you see somebody else that's second or third, don't put them down, if, especially yeah, if you're like 100th or 5,000th. You know, like, don't go all YouTube comments guy on me and be like, I can't do the things you're talking about, but you're not as good as some other guy. Ergo, you suck. No, that's yeah. not right at all. Um, not everyone can be the best. It's just that's what best means. By definition, best is superlative. It's only only one thing can be the best. So, you know what? A lot of other things can be good. And if you cannot be the best at something, you know what? Be the best that you can be yes. in your own value system with your own choices in your own life. Yeah, and that's just, I think, what you're saying. It's be the best that you can be. And um, really, screw everybody else. That sounds horrible, but, you know. It, I mean, not literally. All, yeah, no. <laughs> there are laws against this in, in most principalities. <laughs> uh, I'm going to stop pulling my head there. So. <laughs> Yeah, but play your own game. Play your own game. Uh, you know, work hard and get get what you can out of it uh, for your own purposes. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, you, yeah. Know, you can only please yourself. Mm -hmm. And I won't make a comment about that either. About pleasing, pleasing yourself? I, pleasing I your think we already covered that with a shake weight in the previous <laughs> episode. Um, <laughs> so with that said... Uh, that's about all we've really got to talk about. We've got floor two coming up that we've uh, we've alluded to several times already. Uh, may I just say that for a guy that a few months ago was really nervous about doing aerials and backflips, you've got a damn fine aerial and backflip, my man. I'm pretty excited. I appreciate the comment. That means a lot, really, because um, wow, in these past couple months, I've surprised myself, and I think. Once the content comes out, once people start seeing what's going on with F2, um, I think it will be hope for people around the world that they can do this too. So I'm looking for world peace through F2. I think that's what we should go for. So, you know, it's you like I'd like to I'd like to give the I'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony. <laughs> and uh, 
I can't remember the rest of the jingle, but you know what? Have a Coke and a smile and train some damn GMB. That's right. All right. Well, so that is all we got. Let's close it up here. If you've learned something useful or simply found us mildly entertaining, we'd really appreciate you going into iTunes and leaving a rating and a short review for us. That helps us immeasurably by basically by telling iTunes that we don't suck. So when people are looking for podcasts to listen to on iTunes, we're not buried in the bottom of the damn list with, uh, you know, Bob's Taxidermy Emporium, you know. Uh, go to iTunes and vote us up. Uh, my daughter Momoko is saying to vote us up too. If you yeah, heard that, she's like, "Do it, do it, do, do it. it!" And uh, also visit our blog, sign up, join the posse, ask questions. We are here for you uh, to help in any way we can. Thank you for listening. Thank you. See you next time. <laughs> <laughs>